Hi, welcome to episode 493 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I'm a winner. A real winner. Despite the failures of Elliott Airlines, Elliott University, Elliott Magazine, Elliott Vodka, Elliott Steaks, and Elliott Mortgage. Huh. A business genius, I am not. But a good podcaster? Well, I'm not really that either. Today is Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 64, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 493, from February 2003. The title is a bunch of mathematical symbols. I didn't know what it meant, but after I recorded my last couple of episodes, I googled it, and the title is supposed to spell out the word sentient. So it's Sentient Part 3 by Mark Wade and Mike Weringo. So the Fantastic Four are dealing with another menace to the world created by Reed Richards himself. This time, it's a being calling himself Modulus, who claims to love Reed Richards and wants to rub out anything or anyone competing for Reed's attention. Modulus is being created out of mathematical formulas, and in order to defeat Modulus, Reed must come up with the precise mathematical formula for Reed Richards himself or so says the last issue recap. And the issue begins with Reed having entered this alternate universe filled with mathematical formulas, which, yeah, is the least interesting alternate universe ever. Okay, the second least interesting, after Heroes Reborn Universe. Back in New York, the Thing and the Human Torch are face-to-face with Modulus. They've told him to hold off while Reed figures out how to defeat him. They rush off to attack. Johnny shoots flames at him. Yeah, like that's going to work. And Ben picks up a hot dog cart to throw at him. Well, if you can defeat a supervillain with Hostess Twinkies, why not hot dogs? They're even tastier and more unhealthy. Can you imagine the ill effects the strange meat within a hot dog would have on the mathematically sound body of Modulus? Modulus just redirects Johnny's flames right at the metal hot dog cart. The cart. It's made out of metal, not the hot dogs. Ben turns and runs and says, This is Reed's worst nightmare, an invention completely out of control. Which sounds like a recurring nightmare to me. Back with Sue, she's about to leave with the kids and take them someplace safe. And really, any place is safer than the Baxter building. She could drop them off at a crack house in Newark, and they'd still be safer. She calls up Reed and asks what's going on, and he replies, The calculations that Franklin corrupted are here. But they're only a foundation. If only I had more time. Sure, keep blaming Franklin. When you were the one who created an iPad that would allow a seven-year-old boy to type in a few numbers and create a creature that goes on a deadly rampage, Franklin is only a dumb seven-year-old, while you're a super-intelligent 50-year-old man. So in the hangar, Sue finds that all the vehicles have been destroyed already by Modulus, so they can't escape. Well... They could escape by going out the front door. Reed tells her to get rid of her comlinks, since Modulus can track them through the comlinks. Another device created by Reed. Back outside, Ben and Johnny lead Modulus to an abandoned building, where I think they're about to speed up the process of gentrification. They head inside, while Modulus oozes up and surrounds the building. He causes it to collapse right down on top of Ben and Johnny. 
They stopped having the little 9-11 memorial boxes on the covers a few issues earlier. Our long national nightmare is over, and it's time to start tearing down some tall buildings in New York again. Inside, Ben is on top of Johnny to protect him from most of the falling debris. At least, that's Ben's excuse. Johnny still doesn't look very good. He's probably got another concussion. Will Smith would be horrified. Back with Sue, she tries to call up Crystal and her teleporting dog, but the computer she's using blows up thanks to Modulus. And then, out of the damaged computer, out pops Modulus and chases Sue and her kids out of the room and down the hall. She tries to hold him back with a force field, but he breaks through it, screws her up, and she passes out, still holding on to Valeria, who, every time we see her, keeps getting bigger and bigger. Everyone else ages in Marvel time, but she seems to be aging in real time. Maybe she'd come from an alternate dimension where Sue got it on with the savage dragon. Modulus sees Franklin running away, and Reed finally emerges from the computer world back to the Baxter building, and along with him is another version of Reed, a Reed made out of mathematical equations, just like Modulus. Reed says to Modulus, It's my mathematical equivalent, just like you. But then, Modulus starts to freak out, punching all kinds of electronic equipment in the room, saying, dividing, subtracting, dividing, subtracting. Reed screams out to stop his tantrum and adds that they are not equals, saying that he will always be superior to Modulus. Modulus replies, You will be my equal. I will make you my equal. Reed asks how, by killing his family? And Modulus replies, Then you will love only me. Reed says that Modulus will never understand love and how it works. Back in that collapsed building, Ben is still trying to get Johnny to wake up. And then over at the Baxter building again, Modulus and the other computer Reed, Doppelganger, look at each other. They raise their fingers. They touch their fingers. It's like the way two computer men are having sex. And they fill the room with orgasmic green light. And then the two green computer men disappear into the computer dimension for, I guess, their honeymoon. And Reed hits the button to shut it down, trapping them both inside for good. At least, I hope for good. And now that it's over, Reed hugs his son and tells him that he loves him. And finally, Ben and Johnny arrive, ready for a fight, but they find that the action is over. Later, Sue, Ben, and Johnny are at the kitchen table, wondering where Reed and Franklin are. They think that maybe Reed is off punishing Franklin or teaching him a lesson. But in Franklin's room, Reed and his son are playing cards. I think it's like Magic the Gathering or some similar kind of card game. And Franklin is teaching Reed how to play. So really, Franklin is teaching his dad a lesson. And that is the end of the sentient three-parter. A storyline that gets a bit of a shrug from me. A modulus, a being made out of mathematical equations. Ugh, it sounds like it would be a boring character. And yes, it kind of is. This kind of villain seems like it's right up Reed's alley as something he could have easily defeated anyway. It would be interesting if uh, someone other than Reed had figured out a way to defeat him. And once again, it's another menace to society created by Reed. Even though he did try to blame Franklin, which, that seems to be part of the story that gets kind of glossed over. Like, what exactly did Franklin do? Was Reed's iPad really so touchy that a seven-year-old boy could type in a few numbers and symbols and create a deadly creature? That seems a little spurious. I'm not buying it. And you know, this villain kind of reminds me of the villain Facade, the villain from issue 308, 
who was made out of TV rays or something, and could travel from TV set to TV set. And he was just as interesting as Modulus, which is not interesting at all. So that's it for this episode. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. And you can download other episodes of iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over.